Welcome to Biggest Geekus. We are your hosts. I am Joe. I'm Randy. And this is the first of our um, pre-recorded holiday episodes. So we don't have to, well, for me, work otherwise during the holiday season. I can spend more time with the family. So this is number one. We will have one other one. And we will be putting those out during the holidays. And so hopefully you'll enjoy this. We're going to be skipping the gaming news, um, and I'm going to jump right into the main topic, right? Jumping in with both feet. What we love... Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm interrupting you. Uh, What we love about RPGs is the main topic. Uh, Since we wanted to do a positive episode, because, you know, we're kind of curmudgeon-y and like to to bash on the easily bashable... um, (laughs) Um, bam, bam, we're going to talk. Bam. Yeah, we want to talk about what we like for a change. And uh, in this one, we have some questions we're asking each other and ourselves. First one being, uh, what is the big draw of a role-playing game to you, Randy? If you want to start us off, complete and total control. <laughs> now that would be kind of a joke. But I do secretly like that. Yeah. Um, I'm a 99. Except for the secret part. <laughs> yeah. I'm a 99% GM guy. And I do like the control of like building the world and crafting it. Though as I get older, I realize that, unfortunately, most fun is had when I loosen that up and let players have some access. But I like spending time with people in a way that we're kind of collectively building these really cool shared memories that are based upon our imagination. Um, I was always kind of an army man, play with army men back in the day and action figures, not dolls, dear. That's for my wife, action figures. And always imagining things that were going on, scenarios and exciting fight scenes and stuff. And D&D just added some rules to it. Heck, playing cowboys and Indians back in the day. You know, you're dead, I'm dead, you're dead, cops and robbers, you're dead, I'm dead. So all that's thrown out and you actually have rules. So for me, it's, you know, uh, an imaginative sort of storytelling and play pretend that people want when they're a little bitty and I don't think it should go away as an adult. Right. Uh, some of that is uh, my way as well. Uh, escapism, getting away from the world as it is and kind of making another world in your head and hanging with your pals while doing it. That's, right. that's my big thing. Uh, right. There's a little bit also, I don't know, little, I don't know how big it is. Um, um, the tactical part of the whole thing, the figuring out the puzzles and beating the bad guys part is uh, fun as well. The game tactical is interesting for me. Um, I would say I like it, but you know what I really like? I like, I think I like on the tactical side and I don't do this a lot, but I like when I can, when I try to do something really over the top and try to, um, you know, make a cool splash scene, but it's more about me showing off and being kind of crazy and everybody going, man, that's a cool idea. Like right. I can remember an, ex- an example was at Gen Con. Let's see. Uh, I want to say my cousins, JR and Jason were both playing in the game. There was this, um, I only saw two years they did it. It was uh, something called the city of Luden. And then it was Luden adventures, L U D I N N. 
You can look that up on the internet. I think it's still around. And they would bring these impressive dioramas. We're talking mid-second edition days, right? So we're not talking recent, you know, recently. And uh, they had these ma- in a big city they had built, Joe, and had a river around it. And it was tall, like three feet tall. And they could literally open it up. It had hinges. And so you could see inside buildings. Oh, wow. And it was just really cool. We were prisoners to start out with. We escaped. And, and, oh, and they also had the old uh, dot printers, dot matrix oh. printer. <laughs> and they and they would ask you, say, what do you want to play? I want to play a half-elf ranger. Okay, do you want any kits? No, okay. Boom, print it off. There you go. You'd have your PC. Wow. And the DMs were very dy- dynamic. They were way into the game, very excited. And, man, you just got pumped up. And they even asked each group to have their own battle cry. And... We were thinking of one, and they looked to me to say it, and I said, greasy death. And so every time we fought, we would scream, greasy death. And we actually had people coming around watching us. And I'm sorry, <laughs> this is kind of a long story. All right, have, you got, have you got a sandwich and a drink with you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I got so, a drink. Okay, good. Sit back and chill. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and chill. Randy's taking over the whole podcast by himself. Okay, you know, yeah, I gotta gotta get my skills out there. People people need to see it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we're so we're we're doing that, and then there was one scene where the final scene we're under under an underground lake, and we're on this island, and there's this demon. Now, in game terms, we're like seventh level. I'm a paladin, of course, and uh, we have we have escaped from prison. We have none of our our previous gear. We have normal weapons, and there's like a type six demon guarding this treasure. And we're they're trying to fight it. I don't know why we had to do something to it. And they had their own special special crit charts. And I see the sword. And I see the sword in the uh, treasure pile. And the demon is kicking our teeth in. And so I reach in on my turn. I grab the sword. And I and I the demon looks at me. And I take it and I toss it in the air straight up. And I say, Lightbringer, dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and the demon's like. Oh my gosh, you're trying to distract him. I'm like, no, it was my sword. Sorry, back up. My sword's, I see a magical sword in the pile. So I take my sword and go, Lightbringer, dance. And I throw it up in the air, you know. And the demon kind of turns and that gives me a chance to reach in and grab the magic sword. And when I attacked him, I literally rolled, I rolled a 20 and he had a table and I rolled high percentiles. I mean, I had a great moment. I, I don't think, I don't know if I killed the demon, but I, I really put the hurt on him. <laughs> and the players are like, that was awesome. And I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, those are those are great uh, great moments. You don't really have because um, the other part of this one is why a more, more why more than card or board games is you don't really have that kind of uh, ability to have those kind of moments. I mean, you could just make it all up when you roll your dice to go and um, move a square or two in Monopoly or something like that, but. Um, yeah, and you're playing cards. There's rules. You can play this card, but if someone plays this, and it was funny too because I, it was interesting. I never thought about that. The board game and a card game was a board game and a card game. You followed the rules. That's what they were. And when I became a role player, I found myself, and I start playing. You know, card games and board games got more interesting. Uh, you know, things like Descent and games like, um, gosh, what's some of the Catan and all these. You know, games have kind of board games have blown up recently in card games. Right. And I, and I used to, even back in the day, I'd be like, okay, that's a dumb rule. Like, yeah. I wouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, even if it worked mechanically, I'd be like, that's not how the story, especially games that have a story layered on top of them. Arkham Horror, 
Well, every yeah. time you go into the, go into this room, you scream and drop your weapon. I have my gun in this holster. How can I drop it? That's what the rules say. And I'm like, and I, and I, and I, and I found myself questioning those more. And so I think role-playing games just opens up so many more avenues, so much more freedom. And every session is your own. You know, it's, it's your experience with your buddies. Nobody else will have that experience ever again. Right. Not that particular one. It's truly unique. You could say that's kind of true with card games, but not exactly. I mean, yeah, you say different things at the table, but the game plays out the same. I can't recall any D&D game that played out the same. No, no. Well, the only thing that comes close to sameness is like RPGA type um, organized play because they have standard. Well, I don't know how they do that now, but back in the day that you could only play in the standard modules. You couldn't play outside of that. So yeah, even, that yeah, would even when they, Yeah, even when they would restrict their, you know, restrict the DMs, don't make sure you describe this this way or make sure you have, every player has a chance to do this. DMs can still add their own flair to the, to the story. So the experience, while you have the same encounters in the same order with the same traps, a good DM can make it their own and they can still feel pretty cool. Right. And if you have a different set of players, you never know precisely what they're going to do. Through that. Right. All right. So I think number one establishes that role-playing games are superior in all ways to card and board games. And video games and any other game you think you like. And I love me some football and I love me some basketball. I can't compare those. Those are different. I love the athletics. It's a different right. story. Yeah. It's hard to compare. But anything that's kind of a game, sit down and play. Uh, even a video game, I'm going to say role-playing games are miles better, in my opinion. Yeah. No. No. It's objectively okay. true. Oh, that's yes. a good point. It's objectively Literally, true. You mm-hmm. actually can't make any arguments against it. No. You're correct. I don't even care if you're uh, on the uh, – oh, what's the word? I was just listening to a podcast today about it. Um not a gaming podcast at all. It was these two philosophers talking. They were debating postmodernism. Say, oh, so of course, post postmodern folks, there's no grand narrative. Well, I just made one, and it's <laughs> true. And I don't care how postmodern you are, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. Yes, there is a grand narrative. Yes, and the narrative is role-playing games are the best tabletop games. Period. Period. Yeah. All right. So we've got. You want to take the next one? Sure. Yeah, we'll kind of bounce back and forth. I got several things here. Yeah, yeah. What? So now this is interesting. So what genres of RPGs do you prefer? You can rank them if you like. You don't have to rank them. Uh, but I listed. Now again, I only listed a handful. Uh, fantasy, which I say about wizards and dragons. Modern, sci-fi, pulp, and kind of like Doc Savage type stuff. Superheroes, horror, western anime or some other maybe other would be mixes you know kind of like how deadlands is magic and westerns and you know things like um what else is a mixture um they do a lot of these savage worlds and mixture settings wouldn't um, uh what's the rippers wouldn't that be kind of a mixture is that pulp or is that just its own thing horror yeah it's kind of horror but you're right you got a little you got a little you actually got a little superhero action going on there because you do become pretty tough or like there's one i wish i could think of there's a savage worlds game that was released a couple years ago a setting where you play superheroes relatively low power in set during the revolutionary war oh okay and like and like uh the british are coming paul revere is a speedster 
Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually sounds kind of goofy, but fun. I mean, if you're a big history buff, it could be pretty cool. Would uh, Resident Evil be a mixture, or would that just be a superhero game? Kind of I think that's, here. I would say, well, that, Resident Evil, isn't it? Kind of horror with the monsters and zombies, but also action, because you're going to kick butt. Right. At least in the movies, the girl does. I've never played the video game. No, no I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of something different then. It's the... It's the Savage Worlds where you're playing in a superhero uh, game where all the good superheroes got killed. Oh, Necessary Evil. Necessary Evil, not Resident. Necessary Evil. Yeah, you're kind of, you are kind of being the bad guys, but I think, to me, it seems like that game, that storyline, it doesn't have to be the case. In fact, it doesn't have to be the case at all. But to me, it seems like the bad guys would eventually come sort of the new good guys. They could be. That's for certainly true, because, you know, uh, I'm the bad guy here. You're not going to come here and be the bad guy that's badder than me being bad. So I guess, yeah. Yeah. So They would at least be good enough to kick out the other guys. Okay, so let's, let's slide in other, just anything else you can think of that's not the ones I've listed. So, so for me, yeah, well, what do you I prefer? put up at the top is fantasy mm-hmm. the number one um and i put let's see i of the ones you listed i put right. for preference fantasy sci-fi and westerns as far as deadlands is concerned western uh, horror yeah uh i don't know that i've ever played just pure western though i think well, we I, talked- could, I think i could do that we mentioned once Boot Hill that we played, but I don't recall that. You said, wait, I was listening to one of our old podcasts, and you made a comment that we, you thought we had played Boot Hill one time. I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> but okay. I might have. I, I, maybe I was just referring to it as something that was an old game. I know that yeah. it, it was referred to in a few of the uh, old uh, TSR products, but... Um, Okay. Yeah, I don't know if we played it either. So fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and the other games. ones. I mean, superheroes is fun, but as I prefer the other ones to that. And uh, the fantasy, sci-fi, western. I prefer those to superheroes. I guess superheroes would be my next one after those three, and then all the rest of them I just lump together. The modern, yeah, I think pulp, the horror. I don't even know if I'd ever want to play anime, to be honest. Right. For me... Um, anime might yeah. play like a superhero game anyway. Yeah, I have no idea. I just saw that as a online, as, a, well, as an optional. Depending. I mean, if you play something like uh, like One Fing- one Punch Dude, what the name of it? One Punch Man? Um, you got me. I believe you. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Anime. Some of them are just, you know, the anime is just folks fighting each other. In uh, Bleach, it's kind of sci-fi like or mm-hmm. superhero like because they do. It's a little horror too because they deal with undead things. So but, anime is more style than genre. Yeah, anime applies to a lot of different genres. Like you can have an anime fantasy, and you're gonna. Um, there's one that Jenny and I watched just recently, um, Seven Deadly Sins, uh, hmm. and that's a fantasy. Um, I think it's poorly named. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what people have 
obsessions with sin in their fantasy, but essentially you have a bunch of folks and they're named after the seven deadly sins, but they're not actually those things. So I don't know where they got that from. Anyway, anime is like an overlay over another genre, but it can be its own. I mean, they have plenty of animes that are just schoolgirls running around in their schoolgirl outfits. Is that where the phrase big ass, small mouth, is that an anime thing? That's an anime thing. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, fantasy is number one for sure. I just feel very comfortable running that and playing that. Right. Uh, next is probably the horror western. I love the Deadlands. I uh, I backed that Dark Trails game, a DCC variant, just because I wanted more ammunition in my, huh, no pun intended, in my Deadlands game. Um, uh. Then probably, I have a secret desire to play sci-fi, but as I told you, it's just not one of my strengths. Well, um, you did pretty good running that uh, the sci-fi game at... Kevin Con. Yeah, uh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel terribly confident running those. And then Superheroes is definitely a strong fourth for me. Um, it might actually be tied. I, I would put Superheroes, uh, probably Superheroes before Sci-Fi, and those four would be big. And, and you know, mixtures can catch my attention. Um, I could play a lot of them, but those would definitely be my top three or four. Right. So I would slide Sci-Fi below Supers, but we're we're obviously very close there in our right. preferences. I'm correct though. Well, obviously. Obviously. Right. So um, so what currently produced RPGs are your favorite? Okay. This is easy for me. Uh, my favorites right now are, without a doubt, um, Savage Worlds, not, not in order, 13th Age, and probably the current edition of D&D, but... I am really looking back at the old things. I mean, at some point, Joe and I keep talking about it with our world building segment. I got a feeling I'm going to make a Frankenstein of, we're going to make a Frankenstein of D and D at some point. It's going to happen. Frank so, and D. Frank and D. So, but yeah, those are my really big favorites. And within Savage Worlds, there's several subsettings. I like in particular, I could name those two, but right now I would say those are my three big systems. Well, we have some overlap. I uh, For me, Savage Worlds in 13th Age. Uh, and instead of D&D, because um, I am beginning to really loathe um, WotC, uh, I put in Hackmaster, even though I haven't even played. I just love it from reading it. Yeah, I got, yeah, I can tell you talk a lot about that. I think it's going to have – I think that's going to come to the table. I have a feeling. Well, it's going to come to the table at Cabin Con this coming up. Yeah, I'm going to be cool. running it. So Sweet. i got to jump in that stuff. i got to get a piece of that. Yeah, those are my favorite. And for sure. I'll tell you why I like uh, them better. Uh, that's not part of any of the questions, right? The why? No, but no, but you're telling me. Go ahead. Yes, Go I'm going you. to tell you why. And mm-hmm. the why is because um, they are total escapism. Yes. There's nothing. They're not trying to push some social agenda on you or they're not. They're not even there's not even really a hint of social agenda in them. No. The little bit that um, I have no doubt that uh, Pinnacle and um, the guys at 13th Age. Pelgrim Press. Pelgrim Press. I'm, I have no doubt that they're woke as hell, but Probably. they don't care to 
make their game woke. And Which then, is fine. Yeah. You can have those opinions. You're welcome to your political opinion. And, and if you want to make a woke game, that's fine. I'm just not going to buy it. And uh, Hackmaster is same. Uh, uh, I doubt seriously if they're woke, they have any woke bones in their bodies, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, um, it's possible. But uh, the game is totally bereft of anything. Um, they barely even is- use pronouns. They don't make pronouns a big issue or anything like that. So it's really um, – that's one of the reasons why I like it. Plus, it's kind of a – it has some old feel to it. Yeah. Scratches that nostalgia itch. Yeah, yeah. And Kendrick Co., I mean, they're about gaming, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I read them back in the day, um, the comic book nights at the dinner table. I picked a few up when I've gone to the game store the last couple of years. They're still pretty darn funny. Those guys are about gaming and having a good time. I don't know their political opinions, and I don't want to know their political opinions. Whatever is cool, dude. You do you. I thought we're playing games here, and we're, get, we're getting into a dangerous zone. So let's get back to love. Yeah, well, the thing is that kind of plays into the next question. I kind of right. jumped a shark on that one. Shark jumper. What uh, do, what does a particular get company move you to buy or, buy or engage in, in a game? And we already talked about Hackmaster, what draws me to it, Kenzer and Company. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to – I may even start looking into the OSR – games more closely and um, because it seems so far the ones that the little bit I've looked at into the OSR they they don't ha- they don't care about that part of of the current uh, game scene the, I, I have a feeling you and I would find a couple of things we'd really like in OSR right we really do um, I, th- I think pinnacle pinnacle announces a Kickstarter you know how I roll you just go you get got it. my, you got my 150 bucks. Here you go. Because they're almost <laughs> always going to do something cool. Um, so yeah, they, they they get me going. Pelgrim Press, they got a couple of new things I haven't bought yet, but I usually watch that and I buy their stuff. They'll get me to uh, buy a game pretty much, not sight unseen, but I'm listening when they're talking about a new uh, when 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 they're talking about a new um, product. I'm listening. Right. And that's the way I used to be for. Paizo, but that's gone away a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and I'm losing that with, I pretty much lost it with the Watsi too, but. Right. What kind of players really make you want to join the group and play the game? And there's some other sub questions. I'm just going to add it in there because I think we'll end up flowing into it, into it, into it anyway. Sorry. So what kind of players really make you want to join the group and play the game? Does whether or not it's a campaign or one shot make a difference or change the type of players you seek for it? Is there an ideal number of players? So this is when I'm coming to play, Joe's coming to play a game. These are the players I want at the table. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, the players that, in that I know, who engage the game in some kind of way, either the scenario or story, or the mechanics and strategy of the game. So right. as long as they're if I uh, and from all the people that we 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 game with, the ones that I prefer are the ones who are you know leaning up to the table, um, kind of on not on the edge of their seat, but they're ready. They're there with their game face on, ready to play. They're, they're fully engaged. They're ready to go when they sit down. Right. Um, it doesn't, and it doesn't change my, um, 
whether it's a campaign or one shot, doesn't matter. I prefer folks that are there to play or into the story, their character, the the mechanics, the the rule set. They really like what we're playing. Those kind of people. Doesn't matter whether it's a campaign or a one shot. Um, honestly, if it's a one shot, I'm going to say I don't care at all, really. What who's mm-hmm. playing because it's just a, it's just a one shot. Yeah. It depend and it depends on what's what what uh, what you're doing the one shot for. If you're playing to learn the system, you don't expect um, that people aren't aren't going to be engaged because you're the folks that are playing it are interested in the new. So they're definitely going to be there ready to play. Um, and I don't really have an ideal number of players. I mean, uh, from all of our our friends, especially our cabin con attendees, mm-hmm. I, I any number of those I would probably play with at the same time. Especially if you were GMing, mm-hmm. because I know you run a tight ship, and we could, as much as we could, it would go pretty smoothly. Okay. So I don't really, I don't really have a hard limit. I mean, if we're talking about playing uh, one shot at your place and we're starting at eight o'clock at night, then that's that's more of a uh, ideal when you're going to select um, probably three or four players. Gotcha. So if it's a if it's a small window of playtime, then of course small number. If if we're not worried about playtime, then I don't care. Okay. I guess for me, uh, players I like at the table. Um, when I and again, it's mostly from me as a GM. I can't help it. I, as a player, you know, I'm I'm probably a little bit like you. I think as a GM, I have a little bit different preferences. Um, when I give the elevator pitch for the campaign or the one shot, I want players who are like, "This sounds really cool. I want a part of this." And when they make their character, it's a character made to fit what I said not some weirdo that doesn't seem to fit at all and once and someone that doesn't want all these stupid exceptions for their character well i know you're playing a western uh, western european game set in medieval england i'd like to play a samurai cat lady and i'm like really you're gonna play a kitsune samurai in my yeah i mean come on <laughs> that's just like poop to me that's pooping on the setting and again i mean you know everybody has different kinds of fun but that that kind of annoys me but i, I want a player that really wants to be engaged in that setting story and the thing that i haven't planned if it's a one shot i want players that want to in a one shot i think the story what you have to do comes out pretty fast in the game it becomes clear what the gm's doing and i want players that want to be a part of that story i don't want them to run off and go i'm going to go talk with the with this uh blacksmith's daughter why she has nothing to do with the dragon on the hill well i just want to do this because i want to role play for whatever reason <laughs> I have. and so i want players who are like okay it's about going to dragon mountain and we're going to kill smaug all right let's get our gear let's go talk about let's go to the bar ask about rumors people we know hit the road let's make a plan um and i guess um it does change so i can have someone in my campaign who's less inclined to you know, go straight up for the dragon. That's fine on a session. But if I'm doing a one shot, you got to be focused. Someone focused players. I like players that aren't easily uh, distracted, by, or not easily distracted is not even the right term. 
that are purposefully distracted. I think some players only seem partially engaged. I want players that are fully engaged to play, just like you said. Sit down, got my dice out. What are we going to start? Are we going to play? Even though sometimes I find myself sidetracked, I love when I have players that ask me that. Because like, oh, these dudes are ready to roll. Uh, I like players that have leveled their characters in a campaign. I really find it frustrating people don't level their characters. I love when a player shows up. Has no questions. You're ready to go. Yep. I'm going to tell you about this cool feat I got. This is neat spell that I got. Or like, you know, you do this a lot in Pathfinder. Joe used to like, uh, I want to tell you, Randy, I just got a new level and I got this special power. I just want to make sure you're ready for it. <laughs> Joe's really kind, kind about warning the GM. So I'm, I'm not like, dude, that's that's broken. Are you sure that works that way? <laughs> and so that's that, that happened a lot. That happened yeah. a lot in Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you need to be ready. I used to do five points around. I now do 64,000 points around. There's one level difference. <laughs> ideal number of players I still maintain is four. Um, it's ideal. Everybody can engage in the story. They can engage in mechanics. They can build their characters. They can get to know each other. They can really do stuff. Um, so to me, four is perfect. I will play with five or six. I will play with three. I might even play with two if I was motivated. I've done it. So, but ideal for me is four, and that to me makes a great, great game. Yeah. Four players, one GM. Sure. That's a good number. Yep. Okay. So the next one is what kind of GM uh, makes you want to play in their game? Um. Yes, I'm talking to you, bud. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Bueller. 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 I know. I'm staring off into space. Sorry. Are you doing a podcast? Okay. Um, for me, a GM, I would probably say I love a GM that's prepared and not scrounging through notes all the time, you know, rolling dice, not sure what's going on. Um, I love a guy that's completely – uh, focused on here's where here's where here's where we were last time. You were doing this, Joe. You were doing this, Randy. Sally, you're doing this. Fred, you're doing that. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's a one shot or a campaign. Uh, I really like a focused, prepared GM. One where it can they seem in control of their own quote unquote world. Not that they have snappy answers all the time, but you rarely stump them, right? You say, hey, I go to the barkeep and say, hey, what's your name? He might roll a dice and go, his name is Rigel. Right. right. And right. so, and that's cool. Even if he rolled a dice, it's like, well, it's pretty fast. But if he's hemming and hawing and my name is Bob, it's like, oh, come on. Right. You know, but right. I'm kind of, I'm complaining. I need to stop. This is happy time. So that's my favorite type of GM. Well prepared. Right. And uh, I will agree with you and then add um, the kind of GM I like is one that's uh, more of a collaborator. Uh not in the negative connotation, rather than an antagonist. So uh, the GM that's there to um, provide and and, uh, um, help the players have fun, not one that's there to say, how many of you am I going to kill tonight? (laughs) True. So, yeah, I, I prefer all things you said, and I want them to be someone that's, you know, and with uh, our group of friends, I don't have to worry about that, really. And for True. me, it doesn't matter whether it's a one-shot or campaign either. Same okay. kind of GM. 
Okay. Now this has got this is definitely multiple questions in the numbers in the next one. Um, what's your ideal length of time for? And we'll do it one at a time. A session. Six or more hours. Then we're talking about ideal. Oh, really? Ideal. Okay. So I know usually um, we don't get that because of time constraints. We're working. We're tired. It's Saturday night, and we're not we're not in our twenties anymore, and we're right. old and crotchety. But Ideal means for me, uh, I haven't worked that day, and it's earlier. We get an earlier start, and everybody's raring to go. So, right. yeah, I like the, I like longer sessions. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to answer along with you just so we don't have to go back the whole thing again. Right. I would say that for me, a session should be between four and six hours. If we're well rested, I could go a little more. And if we tell the tale, it can be a little shorter. But truthfully, ideal is somewhere between four and six. In fact, I'll just say five hours. That's a good time for me. I just think six plus is is much for me. But I mean, you know, like you said, if it's a good game, it's a good game. Yeah. Um, okay. So the second part is ideal length for a campaign. Yep. So uh, I'd say at least a couple of months. And that's with you playing every other week. So it. Um, Probably more, maybe three months minimum, uh, ma- uh, maximum any amount of time. It'd be cool six months, uh, twice a week. That would be a great campaign. Six months, twice a week. That would be great. <laughs> if we could ever do it. <laughs> yeah, twice a week. That'd be awesome. So I guess ideal for me, I think mine would be uh, – uh, no, no, no sorry, sorry, sorry. Twice a month. Twice a month. Twice a month. <laughs> Every other week. Yeah. Every other week, not twice a week. I mean, yeah. that would be great if we could, but uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, ideal. I, yeah. Ideal for me would be um, probably six months. That feels like a good length for a campaign. I've done shorter. I've done longer. But I feel like you can really get into the meat of a character in that time length. Doesn't mean you couldn't keep the same characters and transition the campaign forward. But for me, a good campaign where I felt like I've told a story, and we've told this before, the Rippers game, we ran about three months or so, maybe longer, I don't know. And we told a really cool tale through the novice levels of Savage Worlds, a little bit into Seasoned, completed the whole story arc with the Coven of Witches, and thought, I thought we really accomplished something. That was ter- that was very satisfying for me. Yes, yes. But I think s- six months is usually what I think you need, considering our time constraints as adults. Yeah, yeah. So what about – go ahead, yep. Oh, yeah, it's your turn. Go ahead. Yeah, man, come on. So um, a particular game system or setting. So So what do you mean by uh, ideal length of time? Sure. So we're playing D&D 5E. Oh, so, okay. So length <laughs> two, of time. Two seconds. Two seconds. Yeah. Um, is there such thing as negative time? <laughs> I mean, theoretically there is, but um, realistically. Uh, no, pick. Pick your favorite setting, whatever it might be. Actually, that that could be a, a tougher one to answer because there's some there are some game systems you probably prefer playing different lengths of time. I, I don't know if that's true. No. Um, okay. I would say the the ones I like the best, the longest. So it'd be like fantasy is like uh, six hours plus um, for setting for type of game fantasy uh, setting um, system. I don't yeah, so, know. Um, I would say right. if we're playing fifth edition yeah. and someone's um, got my arm behind my back and twisting it, so you will play. Right. Then uh, once I'm in it, I'm fine. 
and I, I, I have fun. Like we're going to uh, play a fifth edition game uh, with Philip on Wednesday. Right. Um, and I mean, it's only going to be four hours, but I'm going to, I'm going to feel like, why can't we play longer? <laughs> because <laughs> sure. I just want to hang out and have fun. and I don't really care. So the game right. system there for me probably doesn't impact how much time I want to play unless I don't like the system at all. Right. Or the people I'm playing with, which can be, which which it can be because I'm a grumpy old dude. Yeah. But what about, so I'm saying like, so let's pick your favorite. So we're playing Pathfinder one. Okay. One of your favorite versions of D and D three, three point X. We're going to play this game. We're going to play Pathfinder one. Oh, we completed that campaign. We played rise of the rune Lords. Hey, let's play a new game. We're going to play Pathfinder and Joe's going to run a homebrew. We complete that game. And then, Hey, you're going to play Pathfinder. And then Randy's going to run something else. So, uh, could you keep, you keep coming back to the well once you have, so my, my, the question was how long can you keep milking that game system? before you're like, dude, I need to do something else. Or does that even happen? That doesn't really happen for me. If somebody else suggests doing something different, then I'm like, all right, no problem. Because uh, I think for me, I never. The only reason I stopped um, desiring to play Pathfinder was because of Paizo being a bunch of uh, weirdos. Uh, right. But I didn't really. Well, to be honest, I guess. Uh, it's not a function of the system itself, I guess. It's more has to do with the gigantic body of um, work they have in it and slogging all the way through it. Once I have a, a player or a character, and uh, then I'm fine to play for however long. Um, so right, it doesn't really so. matter. Right. So you can start a character at first level and playing to epic over a five-year campaign playing the same system same setting and you could easily picture yourself still having fun oh yeah yeah not not yeah no changes every time you sit down to play a role-playing game it's butch the fighter planescape third edition let's do it let's do it okay cool i think for me a year is a is an ideal length for a camp uh, for for a game system to be played through um for a setting no time limit if i like it we can keep playing the setting i'll just move things around um doesn't mean i can't i mean obviously i played 3.x for pretty much the whole run of the game 3.3.3rd edition i played the whole run of the game yeah so that was eight or nine years i played second edition gosh from 89 till 2000 so 11 years so i can play the system you know but i think i'd like breaks because there's other systems i like to run and play uh so a year is good for me in general but for setting no limit i mean i could run third edition planescape turn around run fifth edition planescape run savage worlds planescape run 13th age planescape you know doesn't matter to me right i think uh for me um I don't, I just don't have that. I do look at other systems and say, that'd be fun to play. But while mm-hmm. I'm into, when I, while I'm in a campaign, it's not like I'm, oh, I can't wait to finish this and I'm going to jump into this other system because I'm wanting to break from the current system. I don't really, 
I don't really get that. Hmm, okay. I, I understand people do that. I'm just saying I don't get you that know. itch. Right. You like the consistency of that character, and that's usually connected for most people to a system. Yeah. Okay, I want to take the next one, too, because I, I want to make a comment and let Joe clarify. Joe, as far as I know as a person, had a time in his life where you were playing. How often were you playing in D.C. at your highest point, playing gaming? At least weekly, if not multiple times per week. Okay, multiple times. I thought you told me one time you had five. Maybe that was a weird week where you had five sessions in one week. Um, but anyway, gaming schedule ideal gaming schedule when how often would you play you know ideally if i could get a weekly game i would if i could fit it into my schedule ideally yeah Me too. i don't think i would we, do it more than once a week but definitely once a week yeah. i'd love four to six hours uh weekly on a friday or whatever someday right get there early play late yeah i'd like that yeah, yeah. Um, favorite way to organize? I'm reading this because you're going to be the one answering because right. organizing is you. So, <laughs> favorite way to organize a gaming group? Um, and there are four different categories here. We'll go with the first one. Um, a. Do Do you like to set in stone a number of players and the GMs or GM? Rotating cast of GMs, players with large number to choose from, pick up and play or organize play, maybe at a game store, uh, or, oh, you only had three. I added, was... I, I added one. Oh, do it. Online. Oh, thank you. I, forgot I know that. why you forgot that one. <laughs> because you don't consider it a valid form of play. It is actually not gaming. All of you that play online are not playing no, games. You're not. No, you're playing incorrectly. No. You're fooling yourself. I put <laughs> yuck. I put yuck between, but next to that in parentheses, because I know that's probably the reason it wasn't there. Anyway, currently, yeah. So go ahead. Which of the other three? Because I know the fourth one is not really on your mind at all. No. Option A. I want it set in stone. I want these four to five players. And I want uh, me to GM, <laughs> and I want us to play every week. That's what I would ideally have. I would love that. Um, we currently have a rotating cast of players and GMs, but in a weird way because well, what I do, I'm usually GMing, but I'm jumping to my next group right now, which we're starting to form the Savage Worlds New Valasia game, and I... I don't mind that. Part of me, I'll be honest with you, I feel obligated. I got so many good friends that are in my 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 um, circle of friends, I guess. And several people I would like to be able to play in a game. And I've had several folks, hey, I like playing one of your games. But I've got like eight, nine, ten of them for sure that I would like to appease. But I'm not running a game for ten people. It's just crazy. And so I'm finding myself, I think that might be why I want to run shorter campaigns, too, to stop and get other people in. I mean, my last long campaign was a year. We met almost weekly. It was my wife, um, Philip, and Amy and Trent. And that was a great group. And then it ended and switched to something else and then something else. And now we're trying the, the current iteration of a group. So I guess for me, 
ideally it would be a set number of people that play an IGM, but I'm not sure how I get around that. Maybe I need, I mean, you could say, don't worry about it, Randy, you do you, which is fine. And people should run games for themselves and find people to play with. But there are people that I want to play with that I can't always fit them all in. Yeah. I would just say, don't worry about appeasing uh, people. I mean, appease, appease is a strong word. Well, I know what say, you mean. You you right. uh, you want to be able to play with all the different people because you know they want to as well. Right. But at, uh, you can like you said, there are physical uh, time space continuum constraints to uh, all of this. So you put up a game, pick some people, and you play. And if some people, I don't know if anybody gets their feathers ruffled. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, for, be you know what, Joe? It'd be interesting to hear from some. I know some of our friends are listeners. It'd be interesting if they would send us email questions or comments right. on that. I would yeah. like to know what they're. How are they? What are they doing now? What are you guys doing now, my friends that are listening? What are you gaming? When would you like to game? What would be ideal for you? This would be cool to hear from them. I would it love would to hear be, our since friends. no one since we've started doing this has sent us an email. Somebody send me an email. Joe needs to read it on on air because. That would be cool. It would be. <laughs> uh, and in Anchor, you could send us a very short minute or less uh, voicemail as well. How do they do that? If there's a, a link on the oh. episode. I may not oh, have oh, turned cool. it on for all the episodes. I may have to go back and do that. That's okay. Turn them on. Yeah, that'd be great to get a little voicemail. That'd be, the voice message would be cool. Right. I do, um, I do that with some of the podcasts I listen to. I yeah, listen on to Anchor. So it's a, uh, actually, that's how that's one of their... I guess that's what a lot of people like about it. Uh, it's not unique to Anchor, but right. How about you, Joseph? If you're getting ready to organize your own game, so Randy boots you out of his because, you know, he doesn't really like you. And so you got to find other people to play with. How would you like to organize the group? Um, I resent that last remark. Doesn't really like I, me. Oh, I this, is, this is theoretical. <laughs> that's that's this is absolutely my yeah absolutely okay. my I, old I get homie. it. I get it now. My feelings are hurt. Yeah, so, good, um, good. Um, I don't truly have much of a preference. I don't want it to be loosey goosey, and I don't know who's going to be showing up ever. Um, mm -hmm. So the B is probably where I would uh, put first. Um, I would say um, online is not to be considered. Uh, uh, game store, organized play, last resort, um, very last resort, probably in the same category as online. Don't really want to do it. Not that there's anything wrong with game stores, but um, I guess what a, the game store would be good for is if we, well, we're not right now with uh, what's going on. Probably not going to be able to meet at a game store because of um, the virus or because right. of our reaction to the virus more accurately. Um, Truth. Um, so uh, I'm just not a huge fan because uh, if, if I'm relying on game store, sometimes I've met uh, good players at game stores, but I've also met all kinds of weirdos. So there's that. Yeah, but we're kind of, we're kind of weird too, to be fair. No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be fair. We're normal. Everyone else is weirdos. Sounds good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I get idea. that. I get that. I just, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, uh, the last episode in the hygiene comment. <laughs> so, okay, dude, 
I'm confused. So which option is number one for you? Would if be you had B. Probably. Oh, B. okay. You like rotating cast of players and only only so it can be flexible. Just for being flexible. If I'm running the yeah. game, I can be flexible. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have um, the same people all the time. I cannot. I'm completely rigid. I can make no changes. It's <laughs> not yeah. far off from truth. Um, okay, next question. Almost almost done here. What components of a new game or game supplement would entice you to buy slash play it? So I listed some things like the game or game supplement has minis and maps. It's really made for it. Or it's a theater of the mind approach where you don't need minis and maps. You just describe things. Um, on the continuum of crunchy to narrative-based, so crunchy being something I would say like AD&D is, is crunchy or D&D is crunchy, um, all the way to Amber Diceless. Uh, though, to be fair, I've only, I've only made a character of that once in college. We never played. And traditional or OSR or story narrative driven. So if there's other things that entice you to buy or play a game, you see it, you hear about it, you read it, and these components, what components would entice you the most out of all that? I would have to say C, uh, being on the traditional side, trad games. Gotcha. Um, Minis and doodads and stuff like that. To me, they just seem like a bunch of extra stuff I'm going to have to figure out where to put. And uh, storing it, it's going to collect dust. I'm not going to use it. going to barely look at it. Game, all I need is a game, a map, a piece of paper, and a pen, and dice. Don't All the other stuff is starting to annoy me. I don't gotcha. know why. I used to really be into having terrain and stuff. But at this point, every time I see the fold-down flat or... Uh, full down flat um, minis and full down flat terrain. I'm like, oh, I like that. Right. I can easily transport it. I can easily store it. Um, it doesn't cost nearly as much. Uh, so, yeah. So a more traditional game. And, and as long then, as the mi- yeah. if the minis and maps are, well, it seems like that problem is solved for you then. The flat fold down maps, flat fold down minis, you can, you can handle it. So you do like minis and maps in your game. Yeah, they're, they're not the draw, though. Um, okay. So, okay. Um, I like them, but um, it's having minis available for a game as opposed to not doesn't make me want to buy or not buy. Because that's that's how you phrased it. Unless I'm putting too much right. emphasis on the wrong syllable, but uh, <laughs> it's possible. Uh, I'm just trying to yeah. So th- that won't entice you. Uh, totally theater of the mind. We don't use maps or minis. It's all in our head. That doesn't entice you. Uh, the no, I, like, and, I like kind of a hybrid. So you use okay. the maps, you use the minis, but you're not married to them. So uh, that's why one of the things I liked about, or I do like about 13th Age, and that I like about a game I don't like anymore, <laughs> um, <laughs> The Strange, where the tactical map um, where precisely you're at on the map doesn't matter. So you don't even need grids. You just need a map. The grids, grids don't matter. So I prefer that format than the grids. So, yeah. But I can't think of other things. So all of these things, if you, what, what's going to get you? If he says, okay, so the GM sets up the story, players make the characters, and they go on their adventure. 
that's going to draw you because I, I would call that traditional. So yeah, the trad game number one. Um, okay. So yeah, when I read this first time, I was like, I'm not exactly sure where where you were going with with that. The order I put them in was C A B. So. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So B, whether it's crunchy or narrative based or any flavor in between, you don't care. If a game's good, it's good. Right. Okay. Although, although it's got to have rules. It is di- <laughs> and it's got to have dice. If there's no okay. dice, if there's no dice, th- it's no dice. No, no <laughs> dice with me. Roger. I got it. Roger, Roger. I, I think that makes sense really for you. For me, I think as I look at this, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if any of that calls to me. I will say cool minis will catch my attention. Um, that won't make me buy a game though. Um, I, I'm gonna back up on that. Probably minis. None of that really calls to me. It has to be the idea of the game. Um, minis, however, if they're really awesome looking, will make me stop and look at that game in the store. But I think the game has to have a cool... I guess it should be on here. To grab it, it has to have a cool setting. More than rules, it has to have a cool setting. That should be probably in there as an option. I didn't give that to you. That might make a difference. So the game setting, you know, when I read... Yeah, I would agree with you. Setting is number one. Yeah, Deadlands back in the day, they're like, okay, you can play an undead gunslinger who also is a huckster and cast magic. And I'm like, what? That sounds, and then they have super awesome art. I'm looking at the book, and I'm like, this setting is insane. I'm in. Right. I mean, there are, there's some overlap between setting and rules because the rules tell you what things are in the game that is available to play, and then that's reflected in the setting. Mm -hmm. But uh, setting, I think, does have a higher spot because uh, uh, it can. It's going to, it's going to make me want to be, um, it's going to get me to look at it closer than just, hey, here's a trad game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think here's me. Setting is number one. Setting number and one. The, and the rules have to be moderate. I do not want to see a game with 57 different skills on your sheet. Not even 3.x kind of bugs me, but it's it's definitely a max number of skills game. Um, I also like minis. So my one, two, three, which I didn't list for you, setting is one. Moderate rule system, not crazy crunchy, not just, you know, how do you feel about the scene? Right. And then um, I need to have some. I like. I like. I'm the opposite of you. I like the stuff. Yeah. I have a lot. I know. I have a. I have a. I have a lot of the stuff. <laughs> and so yours is more about storage and keeping all that crap cluttering your house. Right. Mine's more about he who dies with the most minis wins. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. So what properties of the gaming space or location make you want to play there over and over? This was an interesting question. Mm-hmm. So for you. For me. Okay. I like a gaming space that has space. Yeah. First of all, I've got to have elbow room. Since I'm running, I've got to have elbow room. Got a place to put my crap. People have to have a place to put their crap. Then you gotta have a table to play on, and those things ideally would be separate. Um, I also think a great space should have cool crap in the room, like cool posters, miniatures laying around, neat 
geek culture. Ideally, it'd be themed to the game that we're playing, but that's a little picky. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like a space that's spacious. And we can sit down and stretch out, have a place for your sodas. You got a place for your chips. You got a place for your dice. I mean, I, t- I can't tell you how many times I have wanted to buy one of those super expensive gaming tables. I mean, they just look beautiful. A friend of mine, Tom's, offered to build one for me, and it wouldn't be cheap, but it would be, it would be all that. I saw one. He showed me some wood that had this blue uh, arcing curve in the center that was like a river, and it was in the wood. Oh wow! And I was like. Oh, that would just be gorgeous. But I'm probably looking at five, six thousand dollars for that table. And, <laughs> and half of that's just for the wood. And uh, he's very crafty, you know, Tom. And uh, anyway, I was just like, I don't know. But for me, the space has to be spacious. I don't like to be cramped. Um, I like to have fairly comfortable chairs for everyone. And it would be nice if the room has some ambiance, you know, gaming ambiance. Right. Uh, so I overlap a lot with you there. Lots of space and comfy chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care about the um, decor, although the decor is cool. If you have cool decor in there, it's it's nice and cool. But uh, function for me, it's functional. So having lots of space. So you have lots of room and uh, comfy chairs to sit in because you're going to be there for a few hours. Uh and then I also put, but it's mainly the peeps, people. Yeah, hundred percent. It's the it's the people, not the place. I can, you know, I can play over a little. Um, what's that called? A what are those called? Microwave dinner tables. Those little tables. Yeah, t- we TV have. trays. Yeah. We have TV trays. Put those suckers down. We roll dice on that. We take turns passing around. There could be a little dice box. We got to pass around. Sit in comfy living room. Like you said, we used to play in the living room. Oh, location. Someone's house. I prefer that over anything. Someone's yes. house. Someone's house, not a game store, if I can help it. Not a library. Not a library. No. Nowhere where someone's going to, one, you're going to be competing for airspace and uh, not not for breathing, but for noise. And two, where you're not having somebody telling you to be quiet, like in a library. I don't know. I don't, have you ever played in a library? I've never played in a library. I did once in college. We played in that library. You know, as I look at these questions, I think I kind of got off topic. We're supposed to be telling what we love about RPGs. I guess these are all the ideal things. I will say this. I think I have a decent place to play in my house. I think Philip has a great place to play. Oh, yeah. His, his is better than mine, and I like mine. I'm trying to think who else has a really nice space right now. I think Patrick will have a good space eventually. He's just moved into a new house. So... Everybody else, um, our rooms do double duty. So my dining room will be a gaming space, but it's going to be double duty. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it serves, it'll be perfect for your ideal number of players because the most you can see six around the table. No, it's a good space though. Yeah. You have a good space there though. That space is, you just, you guys got a lot of stuff. You got to clean out and rearrange. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your space is good, though. That's a great place to play, actually. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. Uh, yeah, and other people have other, you know, places. But, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it's somebody's home, a friend of yours' home. I don't want to play in a game store. I don't want to play online. I don't want to play in a library. Yeah, no interest in that. But, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at the what we love. I guess we can say we love it because we've had these experiences, and we can even – I think we can say these things would make us love the game. And all these things have come true – I've experienced all this that I yeah. love. Yeah. 
Oh, sure. Me too. Because uh, I've, I play in your gaming space and in Philips, and they're both great uh, yeah. and mine. And yeah. um, I guess ideally, we can talk about this too, location would be my house hmm. because I don't have to travel. Good point. I think need um, have to travel versus um, somebody else's superior gaming space. I will take the not travel as if I could have my druthers one way or the other. Yeah. If, when it comes with friends, I'd rather play with friends in a crappy place than my place with people I don't really care about. Oh, sure. Sure. The good thing is we have all these options. Even now, in our trying times such as they are, we still have those options. Yeah, and that's what's great about RPGs today. It's for everybody, not just us. We have, right. you know, people have opportunities like this. Now, I don't say everybody has what we have. We're, we're truly blessed. We have good places we can play, people that will host. We have online capabilities if we want to do it. Um, there, when the COVID thing's over, we had a couple of game stores we can play at. And not that I was too keen on that, but we did. And I think we've had um, some ideal lengths of time. We've run really good campaigns. We've had really good sessions. Um, right. We've had super fun systems. I guess uh, I could say some good things about uh, uh, game store play is you can find new friends. And that's one of the things that's great about RPGs is yeah. that it ma makes new friends. Um if it wasn't for playing D and D, I mean, we were already friends before we played D and D. True. But none of the other people that we play with, for me, I would have been friends with. I maybe Philip because he was a college buddy of yours. Right. Um, so I would it, he would have fallen in my circle of friends anyway. But that's well, there's a couple of band members of my wife's, but outside of a few exceptions like that. I would have a much smaller circle of friends. Yeah, I, I would say a lot of my friends are due to gaming, the ones in Michigan, for sure. Of course, I got family and friends back home different times that weren't necessarily gamers. You know, weren't, didn't have to be gamers. We'd still been buddies. Um, but, yeah, gaming has brought a lot of friendships into my life. Right. And that's one of the reasons I love it, because it's a social thing. So you get to meet people. And um, Darren, I wouldn't have met for gaming. Phil, I actually met playing basketball. But we did bond on gaming. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Of, I think Lewis, I met him at the game store. Right, right. So, there you go. Yeah, so, lots of people I would never have met had it not been for gaming. And had made friendships, which is uh, really cool. And I think I met Dave for the first time at CabinCon. Yeah. And I think that's, that is the social aspect of the game is another thing that makes it superior to the board and card games. I guess... They're social, too, to a degree, probably as much. But And I'm not into card games or board games as much, so I don't know that it has the same paradigm as RPGs. I know people have um, regular card games they play with their friends, but, I mean, I, I guess you can probably meet new people, too. You go to a, a, yeah. a place yeah. where they sure play you... cards, and you meet new people and stuff like that. Yeah. I but imagine, that is imagine a game that... that is probably a thing about games and gaming and, and having that sort of a, a pastime that can, yep. that the social part of it, that's really important because we are social beings being humans. We are social. Yep. I wonder, 
can you play, and this is a little off topic, but it's interesting, can you play an RPG and not be social? I mean, I oh, guess you can do it online. Yeah. That's not hard, that's not terribly can, social. Can you do it? Can you do it face to face too? You can, right? Roll the dice when they ask you to. You could sit and be a wallflower all night. It's really yeah, it'd, it'd really be noticeable if you didn't really yeah. talk to anybody, except when spoken to. You didn't interject to anything at all. You didn't look at anybody. It would be it would be a little awkward. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things I should have had on the list is just the sh- the social advantages of RPGs. And I think even as young people, we, we laugh sometimes some of the goofy crap we did, the week of a thousand dead wizards that you got to experience and a few other things we've done that were dumb, Monty Hall stuff. And, you know, it's but it builds experiences and we got better at it. We play the game better today than we used to because we grew up and yeah. grew up together socially, learning how to deal with each other at the table. Right. Things we liked, things we didn't like. And I think that's that's uh, that's a friendship maker, dude. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. I think I've got everything I wanted to say about the love. It's a love train. I think we should go to the next station. Oh, that was a good segue, wasn't it? Dude, you leveled up in Segway. Sweet. I'm level 1.5. That's awesome. (laughs) So... A cabin con moment. Now we talked about this over and over. This will probably be short unless we, you know, wax uh, poetic. Not poetic. Not poetic. What's the other word? Nostalgic too. Yeah. Um, what are a few of your favorite things? <laughs> I listed a whole bunch. Um, and I'm gonna go. And, I'm gonna list them. A cabin con. So gaming with pals. And that's gonna be big for Joe. He said that multiple times. Mm-hmm. A long weekend getaway slash vacation. Playing a truckload of game of RPGs, camaraderie, the location, timing of the yearly event, length of the event, the shared worlds we create, gaming with folks you don't get to do so during the year, and other. So looking at all that, could you pick out a top two or three that you just say, man, I, this is what I love about CabinCon. These two or three things are my favorite things. Well, um, A, B, and C, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are good. Um, I have to... D is related to A, you know, D is camaraderie and that's gaming yes. with pals that all that's sure. connected. Yeah. Um, well, so uh, my, just to clarify, my idea was camaraderie really not directly, not directly related to us actually gaming. Oh, sure, so sure, sure. The, hang, the hanging yeah. out part, but it is, it, it is connected. You're yeah. Right. It's all connected. We're hanging out and gaming at the, you know, we're doing, sometimes we're hanging out while not playing and, and um, hanging out and playing at the same time. And yeah, camaraderie. Uh, so yeah, uh, game with pals. Um, the the long. I like it to be a little longer. That would be great. Yeah. Dude, a whole week, honestly, how would a whole week sound? <laughs> it sounds like heaven. I it already like- take the whole week off, but honestly, uh, I might have to take off two because the first half of the week I spend uh, exclusively with my wife. Sure. And then the second half of it is is uh, exclusively with me. Yes. Fair. Very, very we, romantic. Yeah, we go to the small cabin and lock the door. <laughs> oh, we do. We lock it right up. Yeah. I locked Joe out. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> I know you sexy thing. Yeah. I tell you what. Um, yeah, I, gave the me the timing. Time. I don't. I don't see that as being. The, uh, I don't. I don't care when. The wind doesn't matter. 
Right. Except as long as it doesn't interfere with other things, you know, anniversary and stuff like that. It is definitely an event that has to go in your calendar that people, I mean, we have a, we have a guy in the group, Larry, he puts a countdown on the cabin con site every year, a countdown number. And it goes down 237 days to cabin con, 236 days and 42 hours to cabin con, um, 14 hours cabin con. That's pretty cool. Some guys, we look, look forward to it for their vacation. I think for me, the camaraderie is number one. Um, including the gaming. Um, I like the shared worlds. If not shared worlds, the shared times we create, the gaming times that we create together, and getting to see people. The memories. People. Yeah, but even within the gaming thing, we had a very cool gaming you know, event. This happened, that happened. Oh, sure. Um, people, people remember. Remember when, when Pat chucked his dice into... Lake, not like not Lake Houghton Lake. It's like, dude, that was great. Didn't um, any did any dice get chucked? Dice have been chucked into yes. Lake George. Yes, Lake George have got has got a few. It's fair share. Yeah, I know Pat was the first. He played a barbarian. He rolled like he said four or five ones in a row. And what was great about what he did is we're playing this arena, you know, the Elysium pre Elysium game where this one we had like eight or nine guys were crammed into one small cabin <sighs> at a different place. And we still have a lake there, like Houghton Lake, and uh, he's having a rough way to go. He rolls ones, ones, ones. We're still playing, and it, it finally ends, and we look, and it's near the end, and we look at her like, "Where's Pat? It's his turn. Where's Pat?" And we all look outside the big window, and he's walking toward the lake. We're like, "What is he doing?" And then he just hurls that d20 out into the lake, and dude, we we must have had an uproar for ten minutes. We more than that, fifteen probably. We just all cackled, laughing. It was so great, and he was mad. Yeah, he was. <laughs> that was great. Uh, and he, he he's he's good uh good about it. He's not, not getting he's not butthurt or nothing. But no, it was no. it's a it's a classic. It's one of the top memorable. We got a few top five cabin con moments. We should probably do that one time. But yeah, those are my those are my favorite things. Yeah. All right, I think that's good. Okay, so in the arena of uh, building a better gaming world. <laughs> yes. Ranking on a scale of one to five, where one means do not remotely care if it happens or not, and five means it is absolutely vital that this happens for me to be satisfied with our attempt at this project. Okay, so so far, to clarify, before you go too far, we're talking about the project of building a gaming world and a system. Joe and I are playing around with stuff. Most of this stuff is in the ether, you know, in the cloud, talking amongst each other. Though Joe has done a lot of work, a framework online, I have yet to agree with it. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't have a lot of pencil, you know, markings on paper. This is high-level stuff, right? Yeah, at least 20th. 20th level for sure. Maybe 20, 21st. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Interrupt the Joe. Scale, one to five. One to five. First one, creating our own RPG setting. Five. That's a five for me. It's vital. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we haven't done anything. We haven't done anything if it's not that. Okay. Setting. What about you? I put a four. (gasps) What? I don't think it. It's not. Okay. Because I am rarely at any extreme ever in my whole life. Uh, I I know. Yeah. Uh, I do pick sides, but only because I've invented sides in my head. And don't I don't pick. just pick sides. I don't just pick sides. I run to the furthest point of that side. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Them, You're on the wrong side. 
Right. So it's not vital in the existential sense. So if right. it's not supposed to be existential, then correct no. me. Uh, okay. That this happens for me to be satisfied. Okay. Gotcha. So um, I'm happy talking about it. It'd be nice if, uh, for four. So four for me is it would be nice if we created our own setting. Gotcha. Not vital, but it'd be nice. It'd be great. I'd love it. But it's not vital. Right. So, right. So the next one is? Creating our own RPG system. I put the same thing for. You're going to hate me for this. It's probably a two and a half. I know. <laughs> to, today. Today. Tomorrow it'll be a five. Yeah. You waffle on that a bit. I'm a, yeah. Now. Member of the, what's yeah. the faction? The uh, Chaos Tech Harmoniums. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's my, the Chaos Harmonia. <laughs> right. Right. Harmonia, From... Harmonious Chaos. That's my, that's my, my guild. Right. Harmonious chaos. Right. Um, creating the best setting or system. I put a one. Oh, okay. Now, it doesn't need the for, best. The best even, for us. I don't even for us. How do you oh, even okay. say best? You say b b best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would not, say that's near me. I'll punch him. Right. So. I would say three. It's a three for me. Um, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, best. I really wasn't even sure how you would even arrive at knowing it was best. Fair enough. Um, and then publishing. I put a three. I'd say that would be cool. But um, I'm also thinking realistically, it's highly unlikely. But wow, in, I put a one. I put yeah. a one. Yeah, I don't care, but yeah. it would be kind of cool. It would be cool. It would be nice. Um, I would like it, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm going. I'm realistic in that it's highly, 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 highly unlikely. The only way we really publish it is uh, you and me figure out some rules, put, type them up, and we publish it on our website. That's how it gets published. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what, yeah. Yeah. No. No doubt. No doubt. So, but uh, yeah, it'll be called the Ultimate D and D or something. I don't know what we're going to call it, but I'll I'll come up with some stupid name, and Joe will have to agree because I'll cry till he does. <laughs> I thought about this for a whole year. It's got to be come good. On. I spent two seconds on this idea, Joe. Come on, it's got to be the name. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. Well. Um, so that brings us to the end of our first holiday un, uh, holiday installment, uh, pre-recorded installment of Biggest right. Geekus. Um, um, so please share, like, or review our podcast on Anchor. Uh, another reminder for those who are remotely interested in asking us questions or dropping us a line, you can either do that on Anchor itself and uh, leave a voicemail or... Um, you could um, send us an email at questions at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. I, I know why they don't do it, because that's why? a lot to type. <laughs> I a think lot of letters. They get tired halfway through. Even though you can uh, just click it. <laughs> you don't need to type it. Anyway, you could also go to our um, website at biggestgeekestpodcast.com and click on the support tab where there are lots of options to support us and where um, um, 
any contribution that you make, we will appreciate a lot. We probably will even yes. will probably even uh, say your name out loud online. I mean, on Ooh. on the podcast, probably will. Though we didn't for one contribution, should I we? I thought no, we already. What? I thought we did. I thought we did. Did we? Okay. I could. Let's keep it I secret. could. Yeah. Well, let's keep it secret for now. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. we have one so far. Right. So either Thank the rest of you, the, penny. the rest of you, don't value the podcast, or we're not doing a good enough job. You could also tell us at questions at biggestgeekestpodcast dot com whether or yes. not we're doing a good job. That would be great. That would be cool. Even if we suck, say you guys suck, fix it. And we're like, hey, okay, then we can do better. We might, and we might, and we might not. Might not. We might uh, send you a nasty email. We might quit podcasting and go cry. We yeah, I'll go cry in our rooms. We'll go cry. Take our toys at home. Bring our, take our toys away and cry. <laughs> anyway, um, this is Joe. And I'm Randy. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us.